The following program is intended for mature audiences. Flesh Wound Freaks, and welcome to Flesh Wound After Dark. I'm Flesh Wound Dan, joined by producer Todd. Good evening. And live from Columbia, Max Ammo. Good evening. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Max. I'm good. I'm doing absolutely uh, excellently. Everything's great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're here tonight to talk Black Emmanuel, which is going to be uh, very exciting. Of course, this awesome new Severin box set that just came out. Oh, well, uh, this, yeah, we all got it. Yeah, beautiful the Severin bag. Can't show yes. some pictures, but you, you know the it. first the first random thing when I got this, I thought it's so heavy. You know, yes, yeah. it's a weapon. <laughs> As a weapon, this would be a great weapon for a uh, a horror movie, like a giallo, right? People are murdering people with the Black Emanuel box set. This is like literally the weapon that the killer is using. But you wouldn't even need to, you know? If you got the corner of that to the temple, you know, and and with the magical cinema. But I just thought, I I, I thought someone, like making a, a horror movie was so meta, you know, just for the fans, for like the people who go on the Facebook pages for like the Grindhouse movies and stuff, like where there's just someone is using a box set of the thing and, and people, someone is investigating it, you know? There you go. Yeah. Like a, ja- a Jalla, a modern Jalla. Yeah. Cheaper, you know? I think yeah. the, the bloodstained slipcover is what I. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, something like that. Exactly. The bloodstained slipcover. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Uh, so, yes, obviously we're here tonight to talk uh, Emmanuel, and uh, for those unfamiliar, of course, you had the the French film based on the erotic novel from the 60s uh, with uh, Sylvia Crystal, and uh, one thing that's really amazing about this franchise, there's different different versions of it of course you had the sylvia crystal films you had black emmanuel you had yellow emmanuel you had uh emmanuel in space going into the 90s Uh, it's a crazy amount of movies that that kind of took advantage of of this uh you you didn't have to pay to use the ip did you like anyone could make an emmanuel movie well i think they brought out the m yeah, dropped an yeah. M and they Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were able like to get Bruce Lee, all the Bruce Lees. Yeah. Yeah. You know there's, there's a documentary off. coming out about the Bruce Lee clones, actually. Uh also from Severin. So yeah. pretty excited. Well, about I, that. I think there's already been a, a documentary, uh one documentary that I've seen about Bruce Lee clones. Mm-hmm. Like a old one, like that came out quite a long time ago, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Seven do good work, you know. I will say that. Yeah, 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 they they do, and they did on this set. Um, 
just a little background getting into Black Emmanuel. It, at this uh, this time, we were kind of in the porno chic era, which, if people are unfamiliar with that term, that's where sexually explicit movies were getting theatrical releases, stuff like uh, Blue Movie, Behind the Green Door, uh, Opening of Misty Beethoven, just to name a few. Uh, and there was a want for this explicit content. A lot of people were turning to TV uh, and they had to give you something that you weren't going to see on TV, which certainly Black Emmanuel uh, provides that. Uh, and uh, the, the amount of films that they made, the first Emmanuel with Sylvia Crystal was made in 1974. Uh, and we'll get into Black Emmanuel too, because this is a very confusing series but uh you had yeah there's 24 feature films just on the box set you know yeah yeah and then there's a lot of unofficial stuff and yeah there's a lot um but like godzilla well like godzilla but sex yeah (laughs) (laughs) like like godzilla i think laura gamster would be able to seduce Godzilla. I don't think he'd have a chance. It would just be over. Uh, I was going to ask you guys, did any of you see any recent Laura Gamesner um, anything in connection with this box set? Because I couldn't find anything. Because I'm surprised you know they didn't have a photo of her with this box set. Cause it's a lovely. Uh, if I was her, I'd be well chuffed with that. You know, it's a lovely uh, testament to her work. And I was surprised Severin didn't get a photo with her. But I was looking into it, and she's done almost no public stuff. Yeah. It's very hard to find any photo. It's really hard to actually find a photo of Laura Gamesner um, post uh, post the first half of the, the, uh, this millennium. And there's barely any of those. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But what there is, which they missed Severin, they missed the boat on this. I don't know if they didn't know about it, they couldn't get it. Her last appearance of any kind was in a Gabriel Tinty documentary. Her husband, she was in a Gabriel Tinty documentary that was uh, shot about 15 years ago. And uh, I can't find it anywhere online, but I can just find it listed. And there's a one photo of her being interviewed in it. And I, she, she looks good. I mean, she looks exactly how you expect her to look. She, she looks very much as she was, did you know? Yeah, I, I'd like to see that as well. I've been aware of it for a long time. And I don't know if it was just in Italy. And I assume Severin would have got it for this box set if they could have, because it's completely pertinent to this box set because Gabriel Tinty's in like pretty much fucking uh, half the movies in there. More more than half the movies in there. Yeah, yeah. She uh, took it really hard after he died and of course she continued on as a costume designer for Joe D'Amato in a lot of different things. She really didn't like being typecast in the sex roles and she briefly escaped it. This is a movie that I don't know anybody who's ever actually seen it, but she played uh, Michael Landon of Little House on the Prairie fame's girlfriend in a 1983 TV movie called Love is Forever. And uh, they made her keep her 
past in uh, Manuel films a secret. They didn't treat her particularly good, but she was the girlfriend in that. Jurgen Brock now and Priscilla Presley was in that movie. Really? Uh, wow. Yeah. So if you're That's... curious, it's probably online. It was a TV movie in the 80s, so I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Love is Forever. It's one of her only, like, truly mainstream things that she did. The two, the two movies I can think of, well, they're not mainstream movies by any means, but the movies where she kept her clothes on. Yeah. But spring to mind straight away is uh, Endgame, of course, Bronx Lottery mm-hmm. Finale, which plays the sidekick, and um, the other one, Atul, the Fighting Eagle. Yeah. She's also an Atul, where she also plays a sidekick, where she's a kind of magic sidekick, very similar roles. And yeah. she's almost unrecognizable because she has a hair all up. But uh, she looks very different. And she did the costumes for both of those movies as well. Yeah, she was multi-talented, a very talented lady. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about her, but we'll get into the first film, uh, which is, yeah. of course, Black like Emmanuel from writer-director Beto Albertini. And in this one, while on assignment in Nairobi, a photojournalist questions her racial and sexual identity when she engages in affairs with her wealthy. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so she, Laura Gemser, did actually appear in Emmanuel too as a masseuse. Uh, the same year too. It's crazy how fast. They it is. shot these movies out, and they're not. I did not notice her in Emmanuel too. I missed that. I yeah, missed that. Small role as a masseuse, and uh, you know, to do this basically around the same time. IMDb is not always reliable for a lot of these movies, but basically, you know, within a year, give or take. I mean, she was, uh, you know, she became Emmanuel essentially. Uh, what do you guys think of the first one? Okay. Um, well, um, it wasn't the first one I saw, but it, it was the first. Oh, here we go. I'll pull something out of the archive. There you go. Oh, there's the VHS tape. Wow. Nice. Don't worry, Danny. It cuts off wow. the photo. <laughs> usually, v- VHS didn't show the boobs. Um. Yeah, this was one I saw like after I already knew who Black Emmanuel was, but it, it's. It really sets the tone for this series. I kind of wish I would have seen it first mm. because, like, my first ones were were that the trilogy we'll be talking that that's coming up very soon. There's three particular films that like really got me into the Black Emmanuel films and and brought me to the first one. And and I I, I do really like it. Um, it's different than the other ones, but I mean, this really is like the setup. It, it brings you into that world of Black Emmanuel. Mm. Not my favorite, yeah. but it's still a really really good. Film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was certainly not the first one I saw. The first uh, Emmanuel, Black Emmanuel movie I saw was uh, Massacre in a Women's Prison. Okay. So I wasn't. I, I didn't even. I didn't think of it as a Emmanuel movie. I thought of it as a Bruno Mattai movie. It's when I was first watching, getting into Bruno Mattai, and I, you know, did his Women in Prison movies. Yeah. And I did. Both of those, both of those Bruno Mattei prison movies, and I noticed oh, she's called Emmanuel. She's playing the same character in both movies, and then, and then I saw uh, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals, which is one of my favorite movies, just of all time. I mean, that, that movie is 
just it's fucking it's it's it's, it's own kind of art just mental just joe d'amato is you know like he really could be really fucking clever sometimes you know it's it's just i love that movie and the soundtrack as well it's, it's just such a great great movie so i saw those three emmanuel movies first so a lot of these movies in this set were new to me uh a lot of them weren't but the first one this was the first time i've seen it so yeah it was it was a fine you know it wasn't as it didn't have as many uh crazy moments as some of the later emmanuel movies you know yeah like uh it, i mean it depends how interested you in 70s erotica you know because like the thing the thing is like you could recommend recommend emmanuel in the cannibals or the prison movie to someone who isn't just particularly into 70s erotica because they have the other elements you know but like the first the first emmanuel movie is very much a like a piece of 70s erotica you know Mm -hmm. yeah like yeah. uh a little more classy i think still trying it is very classy it looks yeah. great yeah i mean i liked it i enjoyed it like but i'm i'm interested in that kind of cinema you know i'm saying like maybe kruger for example maybe that's why he wasn't in on it you know like as a, as a more of a horror fan a straight horror fan you know yeah, we have to just show him the snuff footage and just tell him that's the whole thing. Just, <laughs> I said no. I said pictures of a, a certain film. We'll, we'll talk about when we get to it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, with Joe D'Amato, you never know what you're going to see on the screen. Editing, it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. D'Amato yeah. never really got the respect he deserves. He's always. You know, people name the masters, Fulci, Argento, etc. Uh, but they always kind of put D'Amato right at the bottom of that list. And I don't know if it's entirely fair because, uh, I mean, certainly he did, you know. He, he, did, he, he didn't give a fuck, though. I mean, that's one of the things about him was like, Fulci gave a fuck. Fulci, Fulci you know, yeah. when he got that recognition at the end of his career, that really meant something. But, I mean, Joe D'Amato... From all the interviews I've ever seen from him, he just didn't give a fuck. I mean, it just didn't mean it, it, it just it it wasn't uh, an issue to him, you know. Porn, horror, you know, he didn't see his own work as being um, of anything special, you know, like uh, stuff like Death Smiles and the Murderer and um, yeah, Well Omega, you know, Death uh, Beyond the Darkness was so. They, they're just something, he, he has something about it, his movies, you know? He does. Uh, and, I mean, you're hard-pressed to find a Joe D'Amato movie that was uh, lame or boring. I mean, he always yeah. made an entertaining film. Oh, I love the Africa one. You know the one with the mercenaries in Africa? I can't, Tough to Kill. I think it's called Tough to Kill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm mean, fucking something else as well, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he got these movies out fast. Yeah. I mean, just the amount of Emmanuel movies he did within a few years of each other is yeah. just wild. Because these, these movies, for anybody watching this show that are unfamiliar with them, they're not cheap. They're, you know, there's a lot of, exotic, a lot of exotic locations um, as we get into the sequels. And they're uh, well shot, too. They're, they're well shot. 
really well shot, some of them, you know. Very, uh, very well shot. Here yes. we went. Um, I'm sure. Oh, uh, you got the. <laughs> oh, you, you go. got uh, you got the uh, deluxe. I was yeah. tempted, but no. <laughs> but then, then you have the the stickers mm. for each movie. Yeah. So for how many countries? So the first one we're just in Kenya. Oftentimes, yeah. shit doesn't turn up to me in Colombia anyway. Like literally, fifty percent <laughs> of the time it doesn't turn up, but I get the money refunded. But this actually arrived, so that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, this one is still, like I said, very closer to the spirit of the French film, uh, where yeah. you know, it, I mean, I'm not saying there's not sleaze to be had in the uh, in the movie. There certainly is, but it's uh, it's a little more classy eroticism. Uh, yeah, compared. I was surprised. I was surprised by how not sleazy it was. You know, I was expecting yeah. more sleaze from the other Black Emmanuel movies that I'd seen. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you get right, it. You uh, it's coming. <laughs> oh, I, uh, yeah, it is. Um, and, yeah, and of course we also have to talk. Uh, Gabrielle Tinty plays Richard. Gabrielle Tinty's in the. In that, isn't they where they met in the, on that movie, or were they already married? They they met and then they married while they were shooting Emmanuel in America. Yeah. All so, right. Yeah, and then they uh, they were together until his death in 1991. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Very yeah. Uh, very sad because when she started to try and venture out and do other stuff, people didn't realize that he died. So a lot of uncomfortable questions about it. But uh, oh man. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Lots of great stories on the extra features. Uh, they they got along really well with Joe D'Amato. Uh, for the for the types of movies he made, most of the time casts speak very highly of him. He, he really kind of ran his sets well. Oh, you know, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I oh, just remembered know. another movie she did with Joe D'Amato where she kept her clothes on. Um, which is actually a fucking excellent movie is the Roman one he did. I can't remember what it's called. It's like Caligula. It's a rip-off of Caligula. Caligula yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, or I, someone Caligula, gets... Caligula the Untold Story is also what it goes Caligula the Untold Story, yeah. And she plays, um, she plays like, a, I can't remember what she plays, but she plays it with her clothes on anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually really one of my favorite Joe. Uh, well, I have a too many favorite Joe DeMarco movies, but uh, if the viewers haven't seen the Caligula 2, I highly recommend it as a piece of, um, you know, a, a slightly less explored area of ex Italian exploitation the Roman Empire, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I highly recommend those uh, also from uh, Severin. You can pick up those Blu-rays. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, this film, you can see why Laura Gemser became such a thing. She had a great presence about her. Uh, I know, was not always, again, fond of being typecast, but uh, she she plays it well. Absolutely beautiful. I take Laura Gemser over Sylvia Crystal personally. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. She's incredibly photogenic. I mean, it's, you know, there's yeah. the difference between sexy and just incredibly photo cinema cinema from a cinematographical cinematographical point of view 
the camera loves her, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. I was thinking that so many times, you know, when I was watching um, the movie and she's just walking across a room and it's lit well and she just looks so beautiful with the lighting and everything. And it just, it looks for erotica. I mean, you know, for something that's sort of like, it's really some good stuff there. Yeah. And I mean, also, she, could, she could have been bigger, you know. Yeah, I think she could have done, uh, had a main, a bigger mainstream run. Uh, like I said, I mean, she did that TV movie with Michael Landon. And uh, if you can track that down and you want to see her in a different light, I do recommend that. Um, we didn't talk too much about uh, the director, uh, Vito Albertini. He was actually, he had a lot of success. I had to Google him. I haven't heard yeah. of him before. He, yeah. he is kind of known for the three Superman franchise. Uh, which was pretty huge in Italy. I don't think anybody's ever done a U.S. box set of those. but No, uh, I haven't seen those. Yeah, unfortunately. I don't know if they're something you can see online, but uh, he was largely known for those. He also did the Italian uh, Santo knockoff Goldface, the fantastic Superman. Uh, was not really particularly known. Uh, I've seen the thing. posters. I've seen some of the posters, yeah. Yeah, yeah yes. when I was looking him up on IDMB, I couldn't see anything he'd done that I'd seen. Yeah, I was he, trying to find something that I'd seen, but I couldn't see. He's a good director. There's, uh, He's still kind of ripe for discovery, I think, at least. Well, now I've seen two of his movies, because he did Emmanuel 2 as well, right? Black Emmanuel 2, so that's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It, well, sorry, I'm just getting ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of people kind of started with the D'Amato stuff, so they forget, you know, the first two. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, let's go ahead and rate this one, and then we can talk about Emmanuel, uh, Black Emmanuel 2. Um, so if you're looking for sleaze, you know, this, this has all the erotic material you could want but it's not a particularly sleazy movie uh which i know is why a lot of people bought the set and we'll we'll get to the horse and uh the cannibals and all the crazy shit that comes later but i give this one four stars uh it's a great classy uh erotic romance what say you yeah. guys I, I would concur. I would give it four stars as well. Awesome. You know. Or also, and you know, I often talked about what movies I own a lot of versions of. I think I probably own about six copies of Black Emmanuel on DVD, plus the Mondo Blu-ray and this set now. I, uh -huh. I've purchased quite a few copies of that one <laughs> and Made in America. Yeah, Emmanuel in America. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> I've owned, a, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty wild, actually. I I didn't have them all on VHS, but uh, officially, anyways. But uh, I, I have owned many copies of these. Yeah. And there you go. You got to save that one, Todd. Before we get there, 1976's Black Emmanuel II, also from director Beto Albertini, and yeah. in. In this one, we follow an international supermodel is in a mental hospital dealing with her amnesia, and her psychiatrist tries to draw out 
what traumatic experiences in her past contributed to putting her there? Uh, So this one, uh, some people don't count it because it is a new actress. Uh, Her name is uh, Shulamith Lazri. She worked under the pseudonym Sharon Leslie, and she's an Israeli actress. Not a lot is known about her. She was one and done. She never did anything else as far as I'm aware. She's um, the George Lazenberry of the series. <laughs> George Lazenby. <yeah. laughs> well, jo- George Lazenby did do other stuff. He just wasn't as known for other stuff. But well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I'd never seen this movie before, so my first thought was, uh, oh, it's not Laura Gamester. I was waiting for Laura Gamester to pop up. I thought this was a side character, but my but. Um, my second floor straight away was, oh, it really caught my attention with the torture montage at the beginning where it keeps shifting torches through the ages. Yeah. You know, I actually thought that was a really cool gimmick. I, I like that movie more than the first one because for me, the second one was it was more of a horror erotica. It had a horror edge. I mean, it started off with the torture scene. I, I actually thought because I knew Joe D'Amato started directing them. I thought, oh, Joe D'Amato started straight away because I was getting whipped and tortured. But it was yeah. the same director as the first one, but he really uh, came in with, came in like much harder because the first one takes a while to get going. And this one just starts straight away with all these different tortures, you know, and she's getting, and they're quite graphic too, the scene. I, I do want to say uh, Shulamith, she she's not the greatest actress and you can tell even over the the dubbing uh she she's beautiful you know you'll have a good time looking at her and her her nude scenes but uh she didn't have that same presence as laura no no she doesn't have the same presence no yeah but i mean it's a difference between being beautiful and and just having screen presence you know because some yeah. people who are, who are incredibly ugly have great screen presence you know like character actors and they just have a screen presence and and, and it's it's like uh if people knew how to what it was right people would be able to create movie stars but that's why they can't yeah you know? uh, and laura yeah. games that really had that screen presence you know like mm-hmm. um uh, like Edward Finch, Edward Finch. I, I never said I that. I did the same thing. Go ahead. Edward yeah. Bennett. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Dad's the only one who gets it right. Or at least that's the one that sounds Yeah. <laughs> she is uh, maybe top five most beautiful woman ever, I think, Bennett. Uh, yeah. Uh, and she has that presence as, 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 as well. Though. The camera loves her, you know. It, it does, yes. You know. Um, and, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, in a way, after this now, we do have a healthy dose of sleaze in every uh, Emmanuel uh, film. This one, uh, there's a lot of flashbacks. You don't know whether it really happened or not. Uh, a lot of uh, themes in this uh, particular uh, there is a lot of extras things yeah um yeah a lot of (laughs) uncomfortable stuff some funny stuff too um yeah i mean luckily the acting is not is it it kind of negates the uncomfortableness of the subplot for me because that 
that it's that so badly written and acted, it's not like um, believable in any shape or form. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it uh, it does have uh, some comedic relief in the hospital. There's a dementia patient who thinks uh, he's a general. Uh, <laughs> very odd at this time. You know, it's not something that you get much. You get later into like the. Well, today, certainly, you wouldn't mix a lot of this kind of comedy with this type of story, but uh, it, uh, yeah, it is at times kind of funny. I mean, there's a guy who holds a, an anchor on his dick. and <laughs> Oh, my, yes. I'm pleased you brought up the anchor on the dick scene because that, I was like, wow, yeah. One of the things I love about watching fucking grindhouse movies is you always see something you've never seen before i've never i was like well i really don't think i've seen that before and he was the fact that he was laughing so much as it was swinging backwards and forth because i look painful as fuck to me because he's like he'd be rough metal anchors grinding <laughs> on his pits and he's collapsing with laughter like really really laughing a lot <laughs> like it's the funniest thing that's ever happened, you know. I he must have given him some good drugs before that. You know? <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of Viagra as well, you know. Yeah, that's pre-Viagra. Yeah. I don't want to mess yeah. with yeah. Some, some seventy-six Italian Viagra. I don't know what the hell that's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those freaky scenes that you get in Joe D'Amato and Bruno Mattei movies. Like, what the fuck, you know? Yeah, actually, in the Roman one, I forgot in the Caligula one, there's a horse scene. There's an actual woman flailing a horse cock in that movie. A horse's attached to the actual horse, which I thought was illegal to put in movies, but it was, it was on um, Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was actually on Amazon Prime, that movie, with the horse cock in it, you know? If someone from Petra saw that movie, they would be so upset. You know? The horse didn't seem to mind. So, yeah, I don't know. yeah. Uh, <laughs> it didn't uh, seem to mind, not at all. No, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I like this one a lot. Uh, it's it's weird though. I and this might just be the fanboy in me, but I I did miss Laura Gemser. It kind of feels like its own separate. Yeah, it didn't feel like part of the series at all. It just felt like yeah. I mean, I would recommend it as a as a as a uh, piece as an oddity of seventies kind of poor, uh, erotic horror. I mean, personally, I really enjoyed it, you know. But I, it wasn't part of the Black Emmanuel series. You know? I think it if they would have, have got, the same. Mm -hmm. I think if they would have got Laura for it, it would have been a lot more. Well, I, a lot better regarded, I think. Yeah, and I don't think yeah. the character is, is self-assured in this one. It just, it feels like something different. You know, Emmanuel She feels, that, well, she's yeah. very, she's very wooden. She doesn't like really emote pretty yeah. much, you know. You know, yeah. and the whole kind of conclusion at the end, I was a bit lost, like, so what's happening there? You slept with your d didn't sleep with your d you know, like right at the end, there's like this psycho babble. Oh, she's all cured now because they figured it out. And I, I kind of, yeah. I, I, I zoned that bit out. But I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, they trigger yeah. memories finally, but but yeah, she doesn't yeah. seem like the same character. So I kind of yeah. count this as an unofficial, which is a lot of unofficial. I would recommend it to fans of cult cinema. You know, it was it, yeah. it had it had enough elements to me to for me to enjoy. I mean, I actually really enjoyed it. You know, but yeah. I don't think it was a good movie. It was just, but I enjoyed it a very bad yeah. movie. You know. Yeah, but it was it was just it was funny, like the anchor on the dick scene, and there were yeah. quite a lot of other scenes like that that were very funny. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> more than erotic. Yeah, it it very much entertained me. And well, I liked it. It opened strong. It had that strong opening with the torture montage, you know, which they obviously put some work into as well with the costumes and the effects, mm -hmm. you know, which was I was surprised by, and that just that opening kind of just. You know, I thought I was pleasantly surprised by you know. But that's the one thing about this. Even if like I know people don't like to count it, it is that kind of transitional film to where we get with our next three. It kind of like gets us ready for the the motto films. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah. it, kind of like the the bridge between the two, from the pure yeah. to what we get. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, it depends what you're used to too. Because like, for example, if you see Thriller, a cruel picture, you know. You've seen porn and, 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 and movies mixed together, you know. Yeah, well, I, before I, in the seventies, yeah. you know. Yeah, and um, I also wanted to point out of note in this one, uh, Dagmar Lassender, who of course is in a ton of classic horror movies. She did. She was. Um, yeah. Hatchet for the honeymoon for Baba. Uh, she did House by the Cemetery, of course, for Fulci. Uh, Werewolf Woman, uh, which is a personal favorite of mine. Uh, Forbidden Photos of a Lady Above Suspicion. She worked with a lot of the top uh, genre directors in Italy, and uh, she, she it was fun watching her in this one as well. So, uh, so we can go ahead. And I, I, this was I was surprised to see her in that. Actually, I thought she was a little bit above. Black Emmanuel level, you know, because I like I knew her from Barber, so I was quite and and British. I was surprised to see her, you know. Yeah, it, it was an interesting time in general for movies. I mean, you could do mainstream stuff and then, you know, sneak off and do the erotic amnesia movie. <laughs> you could get away with that back then. Um, well, and yeah, I, very different before the internet, you know. Yeah, I also recommend Blood Spattered Bride. She was uh, she did that for Luke. Oh, I love Blood Spattered Bride. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. I like it's one of the greatest introductions of a character. Yeah, I think in any, in any movie, you know, they clean the sand off that. Yeah, introduction yeah. of that character clean the sand off the mask. It's fucking brilliant. It it yeah. is. Um, so let's go ahead and rate this movie. Um, I give it a three. I still like it a lot as its own standalone thing. Yeah, I would agree. I swear we're gonna get a different rating eventually, but I'm a three on this one too. <laughs> yeah, there you, there you go. Um, and I should say, extras wise, uh, these are absolutely stacked. There is an interview with Dagmar Lassender uh, where she kind of goes over her career. Um, there is an interview. And I have Donald O'Brien. This is a Donald O'Brien interview. I haven't watched that yet, but I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah, there's uh, an interview that uh, with film uh, film historian David uh, Polici uh, talking about the director, uh, which uh, was pretty good. They talk about his Mondo uh, movie, Naked and Cruel, that he did. Um, really, considering he's lesser known, uh, I thought a really informative uh, piece. And these extras are just totally stacked uh on on this set so i'm sure we'll miss some but uh i can say you're definitely not getting cheated when it comes uh to the extra uh features there's there is another uh one called exoticizing blackness and erotic sovereignty uh which is an interview with adult film historian muriel miller young uh which uh uh, that one, if you like the historical side of it, uh, is is very fascinating. I think I'm going to actually order her her book that she uh, she did a taste for brown sugar, black women and pornography. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that'll be on the way. Uh, and she uh, she runs down kind of some of the early uh, films that featured. Uh, black actresses in you know erotic films uh africanus sexualis from 1970 uh, and director matt simber and uh also kind of talks the the emmanuel films owe a lot to the mondo film because uh, that that whole theme of uh, sexual anthropology and uh she gives a good historical background on this there's also a good uh 11 minute audio interview with laura gemser uh which is about all you get from her unfortunately uh but she did talk to somebody over the phone and there's there's at least a little bit of is that is that a recent audio interview then no i think that goes back to a previous dvd it, so. it was from the they did it for the blue underground release. right yeah I, I thought it wasn't a, a recent one it's very yeah. really sad you know i always wonder what the people think you know like uh who were involved in all these projects back in the 70s that you know they would have never imagined they would now be regarded like this and, and, and be held up such scrutiny, like all the DVD extras and the interviews and stuff. They would have never dreamt, uh, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, it must be nice for the people. Uh, I mean, I would have thought for Laura Gamsner, you know, to see like her work, you know, is actually being regarded as art, you know, not just as poor. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I hope it's would. nice for her anyway, you know. Yeah, I, I hope she is proud of it. I know it's not necessarily what she wanted to be typecast in, but uh, I think she has a great legacy. Uh, she made several of these uh, that, I mean, in all honesty, I think in some ways the Black Emanuel series, uh, for a lot of people, I think holds up better than the Sylvia Crystal film. Oh, yeah. oh much, much more, I, I, yeah. in my opinion. It has, it has, uh, it because it has movies in the uh, uh, non um, erotica or across yeah. genre, so you know, I, I yeah. will say, I mean, that is one thing the original Emmanuel series has that this one doesn't. Emmanuel 4 in the Sylvia Crystal films is in 3D. You can only imagine if we got Emmanuel in America in 3D, 
That might be the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> you want that horse coming at you in 3D? <laughs> well, maybe not that part. But, yeah. uh, I was gonna say. bring it on 3D. Yeah. <laughs> Make that happen. 3D horse. <laughs> All right. So, guys, we're gonna be doing the whole set. Obviously, these will be dropping over time, uh, but keep tuning in uh, because it, it gets really interesting from here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see you back on here for the next episode, guys, with uh, Manuel in Bangkok and Emmanuel in America. All right, good night. Good night. Hey, good night. <laughs> <laughs>